0: Welcome to Squirrel, a writer's podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Crystal L. Kirkham, here with my incredible co-host, Sam Hendrick. It's me! It's a miracle! In case people don't know, sometimes we just have a Sam button where we hit absolutely or I love it on a regular basis to times anybody talks. But today you've just got me and Sam. So there's a chance I may say something else. (laughs) Yes. Oh, let's be honest. You've actually done a lot of the
1: question asking. Thank you. Sometimes I have questions.
0: Most of the time I have random passing thoughts that mean absolutely nothing, which is why we call this swirl. And that is
1: the basis. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And today we're actually talking about a topic. Which we've already forgotten, and which is the basis of Squirrel. Um, We didn't. Actually, we've been talking about a lot of different topics we could talk about today. One of them was Crystal's new podcast, which I'm just going to come out and mention right away because she's jazzed about it, and I'm jazzed about it, and it's going to start coming out next year. And tell us just briefly about it. Because it's going to be exciting.
0: It is. It is called Not Safe for Words. It is your Not Safe for Work podcast about writing, where I'm gonna go and talk to people. Well, not talk to people, actually. It's just me monologuing. You poor suckers are gonna have to listen to that.
1: But (laughs) it is they don't have to. Yes, 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 they do have to.
0: You have to listen to it. I swear like a mother trucker.
1: love it captive audience is always the best kind we'll, we'll round up some people who have to listen to it no <laughs> problem.
0: um so the podcast is actually about um being a writer in the modern age um having to use social media how to use it properly how to not come across as one of those asshole authors and how to not blow your career up over a stupid mistake that I've seen a lot of other people do and I've actually got several seasons worth of content planned. You do. do. It's, it's, it's actually. I've seen it. Yeah.
1: Folks. I put my eyes on it and it is well planned. There's a ton of topics and there's already hilarious, like hilarious stuff, just even in the topics and the short descriptions for each episode. It's planned out for years. So you're going to know that she's going to be with you for the rest of time as you're going about your writing career.
0: You can never get rid of me now.
1: No. So that is cool because we kind of wanted to talk today about kind of publishing in this sort of post-COVID, you know, situation that so many people are in and just how different publishing even is now from six months ago. Um, So I think we'll try to you know, give some insight or hopefully something that's valuable from the things that we've witnessed and seen changing. And I think that there could be some kind of crossover to the publishing advice and the general uh, nature of this podcast to crystals. But we do try to keep this one semi-professional, although we've definitely been, you know, missing the mark with the rated R language rating. Um, So, I mean, we... (laughs) I try. I can't help myself,
0: guys. My day job is in the oil field. It it comes naturally.
1: I love it. And um, see, you don't even know if I'm here or if it's the soundboard. That's what I love about saying I love it. (laughs) There's no actual evidence I'm even here. Except
0: we record this on video, so I can actually see that Sam really is here. I promise I am not faking it. She's a real person.
1: Some would say most would say. Some would not say. Okay, so seriously, though, um, one of the biggest changes with publishing post-COVID that we are seeing right now is just based on the numbers. We've been talking about how um, economies all across the world, the United States, crystals in Canada. We've got authors in a lot of other countries pretty much it's a widespread economic recession downturn depression um, contraction whatever language you might use to refer to it and that does have a massive impact on the publishing industry so we've been watching trends um, we've been seeing things change such as bookstores that closed during certain times and dur- certain shutdowns that have reopened uh, with social distancing guidelines that have impacted the way that they do events and the way that they can act as a community center um, for their communities which is such a huge part of what a bookstore is. Um, We've seen changes just with publishers pulling back from their catalogs, delaying titles out over a year or two or sometimes even three years, uh, freezing acquisitions completely, uh, we've seen a lot of self-publishers really changing what their goals are recently. And we've seen people who are just coming into being a writer come in and be kind of confused. Um, it's a crazy world to learn. It's a, it's a culture, the writing community and being a writer. Um, and it's even crazier recently. So we're kind of excited to delve in and talk a little bit more about that. Um, that's kind of the overview. I say that
0: I would say that puts it succinctly but that wasn't very succinct
1: <laughs> am I ever succinct I don't know that that would be a descriptor for me my
0: <laughs> brevity no. is an art form you have yet to master
1: I would agree <laughs> Ka-ching. Ka-ching.
0: yes no it is definitely a changing world out there I know I first started publishing in 2016 where I knew absolutely nothing about publishing (laughs) and in the last six months though it has it really has changed a lot Um, right down from you know just writer demotivation with everything going on to not being able to market the way we used to market things it's it's tough it's tough out there being a writer now I mean, it's always been hard being a writer. We get paid peanuts for the most part.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So I I want to touch on that first part because that first part, now knowing what that even meant, um, I want to touch on being a writer in this time more than anything, more than being an author, more than being an industry professional or a literary citizen or any other aspect, just literally writing. Um, I think that has been a huge change for a ton of people. It's been a change for me. So I can speak to the fact that we've had a lot of upheaval in our lives given this, um, changes to our routine, changes to our jobs, changes to how often we're home, where we work from, and um, my husband being home, for example, with us and the kids. So I can speak personally, but also just from the huge social group that we have, that I think we're all going through that in our own ways and in different ways. Um, and maybe now would be a good moment to also say if anyone out there is looking for community, um, if you happen to pass along this podcast and you're looking for other writers and you're looking for people to share with or you're feeling um, cut off or isolated because of what's been going on, um, we, we are on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, I think there's a ton of Facebook groups out there that are really cool. There's a ton of hashtags on Twitter. Um, where community kind of springs up around the hashtag. So if you're feeling lost there or on Instagram, I think you can find a lot of of hashtags like writing community. Um, that hashtag is great. What are some other ones that kind of have communities that have sprung up around them?
0: Um, there are a lot of writer comps. There's like the 5 a.m. writer club where a lot of people get yeah. together and write together. Um There's always, of course, NaNoWriMo for those who do that. There's actually year-round groups of people who uh, get along to that. Um, I know I'm part of one called the Right Fight Gift Club. (laughs) And it's um, actually a lot of uh, Australians and New Zealanders in that group. (laughs) Um, It's very cool. And most of us are just out there to have fun and to encourage each other and support each other and... You know what to comfort each other when something doesn't quite go right.
1: Which is wonderful. Community is huge right now and I know that for a lot of people their normal community has been displaced. Um, There's also the fact that even for some of us who have community on social media we're still feeling isolated or we're still feeling um, depression or anxiety or other totally normal reactions to what's been going on in the world and that can be tough. So to that, I would say, I've experienced that myself, I know other people who are, and as much as you can, try not to self-isolate unless it's making you feel better. There are definitely times that it does feel better to take a break from social media or other people, kind of get yourself straight or relax, think, just not be so overstimulated. Um, but you know, everybody's out there and we're waiting and there's a lot of people who are handling this with grace and a plume and positivity. And, uh, if you need more of it, um, it's there. Oh yeah.
0: I'm a really positive person. I swear.
1: (laughs) Under the sarcasm.
0: It's like, there's a heart in there somewhere. I swear.
1: There There is. Um, so that's one of the biggest things. And even with, um, I mean, not not even with, as if they're that different, but, you know, other people within publishing, people who aren't just writers, editors, publishers, marketing professionals and publicists, distributors, booksellers, I think across our entire industry, there's a certain level of just shock and disbelief and stress. And there's just, you know, a lot of that reaction right now. So I think... I think my goal is to just normalize that a little bit for anybody who might be experiencing that and thinking, am I the only one? Am I losing it? Yes, you probably are. And it's okay.
0: <laughs> that was going to be my answer. If you're already in the writing industry, chances are you're not losing it. You lost it a long time ago. But Indeed. You also are not alone. Um, however you're coping, whether you're throwing yourself into your writing work or you're finding yourself unable to create lately, you're not alone. There are other people who are feeling the exact same way you are.
1: And um, to that, I would also say that however you're responding is completely fine. So I know that there's been a lot of people I've seen, you know, social media, Twitter, saying I haven't written anything in months or, I, you know, whatever. And there can be people who are trying to be helpful um, that can come across as saying there's, you know, really something wrong with taking a break from writing or focusing on other things or doing whatever it is that you need to do for your mental health. So I guess that's kind of what it always comes down to on this end is, is this good for your mental health or is it not so good right now? got to take care of ourselves and take care of each other.
0: 100% agree. That's always the way it is. And of course, even as much as this is affecting writers and authors, it is really been hard on the publishing industry as well. I know we were talking about that quite a bit before we started recording is the changes we've seen happen. And I talked about it a bit in the intro about how it has been affecting um, marketing for authors, but the same thing comes down to publishers as well in that they're looking for new ways to try and market things. And is it worth marketing things? And I know for Sam, you said that you've noticed a lot of publishers are, you know, lowering how many uh, books they're taking on because they don't want to stretch themselves too thin. And things aren't selling as well because, well, let's be honest, there's a lot of people out there who aren't as employed as they once were. And money's getting a bit tight for some people.
1: It is. And there is a sense of fear. So even for those who maybe haven't seen any tangible impact, there's sort of a psychological impact of, you know, maybe changing the way that they're spending money. From less of those unnecessary things to, you know, putting more into savings, putting more into different kinds of investments, etc. So just a complete change in consumer behavior and then trying to understand that from a marketing perspective for tons of different industries. Um, but specifically, obviously, we're talking about books mm-hmm. <laughs> for tons of industries. If I can't be brief, then I will be complex. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, uh, the consensus with other publishers right now, at least the ones that I'm talking to, small publishers, um, and mid to large size publishers, is that the best shot for success for a book isn't going to be until probably summer of 2021. So I've seen the majority delay titles all the way through that time or delay the majority of titles, letting a few out that maybe, you know, had the most already scheduled marketing events go and kind of see how they did sales wise. I haven't heard great success stories from anywhere. I know that they exist. I know that nonfiction is doing really, really well, and there are certain reasons for that for people being at home more and cooking. There's been spikes in sales for cookbooks and craft books, things to do with your kids, and homeschooling books, things that you can kind of see from. Um, what's going on with the pandemic makes sense. For fiction, it's been a bit harder. And as you all may have already picked up, Crystal and I both are members of Kyanate Publishing. So we're uh, speaking specifically a little bit from the speculative fiction genre and scheme, although we are branching out a little bit. So um, that's where the majority of our experience is coming from, and we're definitely seeing just an industry-wide decline in sales and, a, again, a lot of delays. Um, it's been kind of the two biggest things that we've seen so far, and, and now we're just trying to extrapolate. What do much lower sales mean? What does a completely changed marketing landscape mean, and, and how is it really going to impact us five years from now? Um, how will things, re- you know, react
0: it's really hard to see what's going to come along five years from now. I mean, you know, from my country's perspective, you know, people are willing to acknowledge that the current climate isn't going away anytime soon. And that things are going to have to change drastically for a lot of people. And how is that going to affect things like book events? I mean, even just... Those big expos, writers' conferences, writers' retreats, things like that, where a lot of uh, uh, writers have used to connect with publishers and agents aren't really there anymore. Um, A lot of them are going virtual, which is very different. It's something new. Actually, because one uh, author event has gone digital, I now have the opportunity to uh, sign up to be one of the panel members for it. So...
1: Yeah, I think there's some bonuses in that. You know, there's there's definitely, I was kind of listening to myself in my head <laughs> give my previous perspective on this, and it sounded a little grim. There are some silver linings, and to that, you know, people who live in rural areas are now being given more access to those cons and other virtual-type events than they ever would have had before. They also might have more access because they have more flexible work access hours,
0: I really wish I was one of those people. I do not have flexible work hours. I am essential services. And while I can work from home, it slows my job down and they prefer us to come into the office whenever possible, Um, which for me means a 30-minute commute.
1: I've seen that kind of, you know, there's articles coming out now about the backlash to working at home that you know, at first it was kind of like some people were like, this is glorious, this is the best thing that ever happened. Some um, business owners were seeing all of the positive aspects of that. And then now I've seen just a lot, kind of a turning of the tide recently with a lot more articles and public attention geared toward the, the backlash and the negatives of working from home, um, which I think is interesting. <laughs> you know, everyone's been doing it a while now.
0: It is interesting. And I know it definitely creates a, a bit of isolation, but for me being a natural hermit type um, when we were went from working from home back to uh, going into the office, my boss called me and said, so we're bringing, we're starting to bring people back to the office. Do you have any objections to coming in? I'm like, well, I like my commute a lot better and I really love not seeing anybody. And she's like, those are your only objections. Yeah, those are my only objections. Nothing to do with health? Nope. Well, then I'll see you Tuesday. Wear
1: pants. Sounds, sounds reasonable.
0: <sighs> oh, man. I wish I could work from home again. I loved it.
1: There, yeah, there's going to be a large shift toward that for sure and, and toward um, people who have experienced the taste of that now looking for other opportunities that fit it. And gosh, there's been so many trends toward that in the last 10 years anyway, like way prior to to COVID and freelancing and digital nomads and all these other terms they've come up with for people who are working from anywhere and and kind of utilizing technology in the freelance economy to be able to have that like more flexible relationship with work, all of which writers are kind of, you know, somewhat privy to. Um, but let's talk
0: about those benefits. I mean, I actually haven't seen a lot of people talking about the benefits for writers with a lot of things moving from in-person events to digital events and being online. I mean, have, I have you have?
1: And I think the virtual cons those those have been the biggest thing I've seen people talking about and being excited about is that they never would have been able to go to these before, but now they're getting to you know see content and panels from authors they really wanted to be able to see. Um, So I think that's, that's pretty cool. And we actually personally at Kyanite, we're planning a writing retreat slash, you know, sort of uh, educational event. So Kyanite publishing is actually going to be doing a virtual writing retreat. Um, And we, I think, are going to be able to do this sooner than we would have been able to do a physical. I think that we'll be able to do it a year sooner and do our writing retreat this coming year in 2021 virtual and then actually hopefully do it physical in 2022 if the world has you know returned to a place where that kind of physical travel and an event makes sense and where it would still be a valuable experience mm-hmm. um so i think that that you know for the company has been positive too
0: yeah no definitely like there are some benefits out there it's uh one of those silver yeah. lining things and you do have to go looking yeah. for it a bit And you need to remind yourself that it's not all doom and gloom, which is going to help a lot, I think, with the mental state for a lot of people. is not always focusing on the things that we've lost or the things that are more difficult, but also going, but now I have this opportunity, and I have that opportunity that weren't available to me before. That sales may not be as great as they were, but that doesn't mean you stop producing content or that you stop trying.
1: Yes, and there's so much to speak for right now with what your version of success is, because I think a lot of people are having to reevaluate that right now. I think a lot of publishers are having to reevaluate how many titles that they can conceivably do, for example, like we touched on before. Um, But they're also really looking at how are we connecting with readers now? And how are we competing with other publishers and other books to connect with this, you know, with readers and we're seeing more content than ever. We've seen more books published the last few years um, than ever before. And so some of this was sort of obviously happening and trending prior to the pandemic. Some of it's just been accelerated or changed because of it. Um, But it's, you know, looking at it historically, there's been tons of shifts and tons of changes to the publishing industry since the inception of it. And it has always kind of weathered the storm and people who are persistent and have that grit and commit to it over the long haul can be successful no matter what climate they're in. Um, So I, I think that there's a ton of hope. And I think that if you just kind of keep going, I mean, it's, Sort of a simple advice, but it, it is what it is. That's, you know, the best advice I've ever gotten.
0: You mean the keep on keeping on, keep on keeping on, don't give up and don't stop trying.
1: I hope that gets left in. I, yep. <laughs> I hope that what? stays. So no. you can hear the beautiful stylings of <sighs> one Crystal L. Kercum. You can't
0: sing worth a damn.
1: Podcaster host and songstress. So, Crystal, you have self-published multiple times, and I know that you know a lot of authors too who have self-published. What is the climate there? What have you been seeing as far as trends, and what are people talking about that's been different in this pandemic?
0: Um, I think the biggest thing is a lot of people have uh, made a note that since April, their sales have been down as well in self-publishing. Um, for self-publishers, a lot of the marketing has always been digital, and so that part hasn't changed, but the conversion for sales is getting harder. Um, those authors who have been a lot better at figuring out the a- and being able to analyze how to get a better click-through rate have done better than those who haven't really worked hard on their marketing strategy. And that's what's it's come down to a lot, I think not just for self-publishers, but for traditional publishing as well, is those who have mastered their publishing and are the marketing strategy and those who haven't mastered the marketing strategy yet that works best in an online world. And since that's what this current publishing day and age is really all about is you know a lot of digital work because in-person events are more or less cancelled around the world, is learning how to get those click-throughs, learning how to catch attention, and learning the right and wrong times to market. <laughs> so I have a background in web design originally. And it's a it's a really old background in web design, which is why I don't do it anymore. But
1: like Geo City is old? Like
0: um 20 years ago is when I learned web design. But uh, anyways, way back when, when I got my degree, when I was working on my degree in web design, one of the things that was drummed into you was effective use of white space and how much time you have to catch somebody's attention. 10 seconds, max. And if you can't get your point across, in those 10 seconds, if you can't catch their attention and make them want to know more with the right image, the right tagline, tag which totally applies to marketing your book, chances are you're not going to get that click through. You need those 10 seconds, if you're lucky, 10 seconds. And I think that's a lot of what it comes down to is getting the right images, getting the right phrasing, and getting their attention right away. Because also in today's day and age, I mean, with everybody moving online, it's becoming more evident than ever that, you know, you only have, most people only have a really short attention span, very short attention span. So if you're battling a lot of other, um, what's the words I'm looking for? If you're battling a lot of other shiny things, <laughs> your shiny thing needs to be the shiniest damn thing out there to make sure you're the one they pay attention to and it's a really hard uh line to walk to be shiny without being overbearing
1: it is an almost impossible line to walk that very few people succeed at and that's the hard part
0: it 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 really is and I mean, it's something probably we can touch about on a later episode and talk more about marketing at some point, but I think that's the biggest thing that it comes down to for self-publishers, traditional publishers, is that fine line of online marketing. How much is too much, how much is too little, and how to be just shiny enough to catch their attention.
1: Absolutely sound bite absolutely i still like referring to them as sam bites, they are of which there are only two absolutely and i love it insert
0: sam bite here
1: i think that we will record me saying those two things and then they can be freely available on the internet to be inserted anywhere probably a terrible idea very
0: terrible idea
1: Famous last words.
0: (laughs) Anyway, somebody could probably just steal it off the podcast if they really wanted a Sam bite.
1: If one wants a Sam bite, one is welcome to (laughs) steal it. So wrapping up talking about publishing and how it's changed. So we've touched a little bit on self-publishing and on kind of sales being down in general all across the board for all publishers. On walking that line, and I think that line is a little bit harder to walk for publishers of all kinds because of this uh, I I keep calling it a situation and I know that that's just so poor (laughs) compared to other ways of referring to the pandemic and to the cultural shift the economic you know shift just all of the different impacts across all of the different industries Um, but it's it's cultural right now too because we have an election coming up um, at least we do here in the United States. I'm not sure what the election s- situation is, because that's the only word I now know <laughs> everywhere else. Crystal, what is your election situation?
0: Um, very good question. Uh, if our current government keeps up the way it's going, uh, chances are we'll end up with a non-confidence vote within before our next official election, which means we will be going to the polls earlier than planned.
1: So. Well, that's fucking interesting. And to that, I would say, so we've got elections coming up. You've got an election coming up, but possibly a no confidence vote. I assume many other countries have election things going on. So I know that it's just the climate for marketing. And we'll speak more on this in our marketing episode that we've decided we now need to have. <laughs> but that's definitely a huge part of the changes. Mm-hmm. If, if we're talking about post-pandemic marketing is is just going to be huge. And what you're saying about digital publishers, not just digital, sorry, publishers, all publishers going digital for their marketing efforts is 100% going to be the key. And then in that new landscape, how do we speak to people differently now that their lives are different, now that their areas of focus and what's most important are different. When people are now talking more about the election or more about the pandemic on social media, I know a lot of people have said they just don't feel comfortable saying anything about marketing.
0: Yeah, actually, I know quite a few people who are like, you know, how do you market nowadays? Like, It feels, especially near the beginning, people are like, oh, it feels so awkward to say, hey, buy my book when there's so many more important things going on to talk about. Uh, The truth is some people want that escape, though. There are still people out there who want that escape, who want that book, We just want to forget everything that's going on. And I think one of the biggest things that people should focus on when they're talking about marketing their book is not marketing it as specifically escape from the current situation, but just as this is why you want to escape to this world. Not that you need to, not that, you know, anything else is going on and why you should, but, you know, make me think that this is a good world to escape into without telling me it's a good world to escape into.
1: 100%. There is a lot of the same type of ad. It's it's an ad. I mean, that's what it is. It's just people sharing ads, whether it's a publisher or an author that have created sort of that avalanche of ads that I think people are now just barely paying attention to anything about books sometimes because there's just so much. Um, but being able to speak to The experience that somebody gets browsing in a bookstore and reading the blurb and learning a little bit about this world and seeing the cover and feeling compelled um, is the same in a social media post. So doing that is, you know, requires skill and talent. It does.
0: Don't sell the book, sell the adventure.
1: Indeed. I like that crystal why don't you start a small marketing arm a publicity company don't sell the book sell the adventure yes it's hard though i like it, I like it. see i have a new soundbite i don't love it but i like it i know but that's what i said so here we are you don't love it i like it i love it absolutely there we go So, if we accomplish nothing else in this episode, folks, what we got was the expansion of the Sam Byte platform. There are now three.
0: It only counts if you keep saying it at future
1: podcasts. Well, that's the thing. Can I be stopped? No. Um, Well, I could easily be stopped if Crystal stops supporting the effort of this podcast with her hard work and co-hosting. I'll be stopped dead in the water right there. So everything hinges on Crystal, as it always has.
0: Don't put the pressure on me, Sam. I could crack.
1: Small round of applause needed for Crystal to keep her going. So I know we have a very small uh, listenership right now. It reminds me a little of the movie Semi-Pro with Will Ferrell, in which he plays the (laughs) owner of the flint tropics and they have a very small group of fans um which eventually they do get up to filling the arena it just takes a lot of hard work on the part of jackie moon so we're gonna keep we're gonna keep uh promoting this and growing that listener base and sam's sound bite platform yes yes
0: well one day we'll actually sell sam bites
1: oh my god could you imagine And we'll talk about that in the episode where we talk about how writers make a living from writing, which is they don't. But we can tell you lots of other ways they make money, (laughs) and Sam Bites is not one of them. (laughs) Um, But there are a lot of legitimate ways to make money as a writer, and honestly, some of it does come from your writing. Uh, But it's a pretty small amount, and when you look at the entire industry, even extremely successful uh, authors by anyone's terms and what they're making and how they also get other kinds of income coming. in. I think it's a good, um, it's a good topic to explore, especially now, because more than ever, I think so many of us are wanting to achieve that. I want to be a full-time author. I want to work from home. I want to dedicate my life to this. And I think that this has been sort of an experience where we, it's a catalyst for what is important to us. It, we're we're all facing that, you know, whether it's like our career or our mortality or we're, whatever it's that we're facing. I think we're more motivated than ever, and maybe just a little confused on how to get anywhere right now. Um, but the the charge is there, the passion is is there, and we're gonna figure this new world out. We're gonna figure it out together, you, me, and Crystal L. Kirkham. <laughs>
0: All right, guys, we're going to wrap this up. This has been yet another wonderful episode of Squirrel, a writer's podcast.